Welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stumps and Spencer Simpson. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. Fuck Batman. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me is my co-host with the co-most, Travis Grossman. Pretend like you just heard a can open. I opened it before we started. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, We are without Spencer this week because he, like most of the Dew crew, Travis included, are being overwhelmed by finals week. Uh, they are... Overwhelmed is a strong word. Yesterday was overwhelming, but that was my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Finals are always like my easiest week because I'm a good test taker. So yeah. like, I just, tests don't bother me. I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't have to worry about any other like work outside of that room this week. See, I've been, I took a couple online classes before. It was like, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of like having like my own thing of like I want to truly know like what's worth me doing anything about before I you know I lock myself yes. in like absurd debt. So like probably the next fall semester I'm probably going to start taking classes and like working towards something in journalism. Uh, but so eventually all of us will be able to tell all these horrifying uh final stories <laughs> but uh yeah spencer is not with us this week however next week spencer will be in-house for our 2019 comic book movies ranked episode there is a good chance that next week's episode is going to be uh the last one for hall of heroes for the year uh so we're going to go out with a bang go out with our countdown and hall of heroes and Dubeck are probably going to take a break after uh, the Rise of Skywalker comes out. Um, we're sp- we're probably gonna upload it maybe like one or two episodes after Rise of Skywalker. We're probably gonna take at the very least a couple weeks off in January for both shows uh, to kind of lick our wounds and get back into the swing of things. Uh, we, however, will be working on some bonus content for you guys. We have not really had a good extra type of show to release on Hall of Heroes the way we have our trivia pods for Dubac. Travis, being the brilliant gentleman he is, came up with the idea of us doing debate shows. Travis and I obviously have addressed the fact that we have very different takes on The Dark Knight Returns. But we never actually got into them. Not even yeah. off not even off mic. We haven't like actually we, discussed it we knew in, that, in detail. We knew we'd finish that conversation and go, God, I wish there was a microphone in front of us. Yeah. So what you guys will most likely be getting in the very near future will be some type of debate episode between Travis and I, moderated by Spencer. Uh, of us going tit for tat about Batman and Superman's fight in The Dark Knight Returns. I'd love to do a Civil War, like comic book Civil War uh, version of that. Um, I, I really want to get Ian in here. So that like, because that way we so have like... the two of us versus the world? Yeah. So it'll be the three of us versus the world? Yeah, so it'll be, yeah. So in theory, it could be like <laughs> you, me, Ian... And then Spencer, Joel, and like maybe like Zach Palmer. Um, 
not going to say whom, but we might have a few guests next week. Maybe. Hopefully. Because Christmas time is always really hard to schedule around. And these individuals already have really awful schedules to work around. <laughs> There's nothing against them. It's just our schedules are always uh, gliding past each other. So it's uh, yeah. uh, fingers crossed that we have a couple ex extra special guests. Hopefully Zach Palmer can make it on. That'd be rad. Because uh, he didn't get to <laughs> read his treatise for Joker. Um, so yeah, cool stuff for you guys to look forward to. Like I said, we will be taking a little bit of a break, most likely. I mean, if something worth talking about breaks, and since everyone's going to be in the same place for most of the holiday break, we'll, we'll probably not be able to, like, give up podcasting altogether oh, no. while we can. So there I will prob we probably won't go on that long of a break. It might be, like, a week or two. Um, but uh, with that, Travis, how was your week? Oh, yeah, we haven't done Slice of Life yet. Yeah, no. Uh, um. Uh, my week's been okay. I, I told the, I told a story about a real life bounty hunter on Dubax. So yeah. Listen to that. Um, I slept through my first final yesterday morning, which was terrifying and awful. And I wouldn't recommend it. Especially. I if wouldn't you, recommend it. Like I've, I've slept in for tests before and managed because I lived on campus at the time managed to like get to the classroom in like five minutes over the time and i still beat the professor there which was weird uh only to realize i didn't have a calculator and it was a you know math oriented class and so it, it wasn't a good time but uh yeah that was that was quite an unenjoyable experience but then today i got to go uh visit my grandpa for a bit see him and my brother it was nice I don't get to see them often. Uh, that about covers it. Because I'm a boring lad. Oh, and Crisis started, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> Touch on that a little bit later. Yeah. Get, get into the weeds a little bit. The We've seen two episodes. The third one goes up tonight. How many episodes are there going to be in Crisis? Fump. Five. Fump. Fump. Five. <laughs> Little fivesies. One for every CW show bar Black Lightning. How far in are we? Six minutes. We're six minutes in and we're on Fumpf. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just making sure. And that's this we're six minutes into the first show we have to record tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh so yeah, Crisis sounds fun. I'm excited to talk about it with you. I saw some of the clips of uh Kevin Conroy. Uh yes. you know, my boy, my boy. Uh Papa Conroy. Jared. Oh, and uh, we're on a new laptop. So if last week you guys heard some like odd clicking noises, that was me stopping the recording every time it was about to start dropping out because <laughs> I was doing it on the space bar. I realized in editing that like you can hear that. <laughs> and I was like, huh, cool. And you, like if you don't listen for it, you don't notice it. But because I knew it was there. So that was what that I'm was. I'm going for. back and listening to last week's Hall of Heroes. It, it doesn't start happening a lot till like we got to the point of we're just going to pound this episode out and I could start catching it. Yeah. Um, but I'm on a new laptop now. It's great. So we don't have to worry about that. You, you'll actually get to hear trailers. Yeah. Which is fun. Which is lots of fun. 
All right. Well, Jared, how was your week? Oh yeah, I almost like completely skipped my slice of life. And you don't. You don't get to tell us the about fuck your in. life. Uh, I dealt with. Is Avengers backpack guy radio friendly? I'm because of what he said this time. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say that it's probably wise to not tell that story because it's a lot to take in. There, there are things said that like I also th- in, you know in, what you're right because also the what makes that story funny is like. His exact verbiage is not even necessarily his his exact verbiage in like a why the fuck would you say that kind of way? Not that what he said was funny yeah, at all. Obviously, obviously. Um, but like, I think there's also something really funny in like being able to see me telling like the gesturing and like, yeah, like the rocking back and forth. I dealt with a really, really angry drunk man at the movie theater the other day. You've talked about him on old guy before. I yeah I came here for not I, okay I came here for nothing guy from several episodes back. What would you do if he was an avid listener? Oh my god, I would shit myself. And please stop listening, you anti-Semitic asshole. Like what if um, he comes up to you next time and he's like, "By the way, I listened to your show." <laughs> I would like just start pushing the fucking button for the cops immediately. <laughs> I know where you live, Jared Barkley. Yeah. Um, so there was that, uh, just honestly getting ready for, uh, the rest of Skywalker, you know, we got yeah. lots of stuff to do on do back for that. Um, the audio commentaries are winding down. Our force awakens one is out. Our last Jedi one comes out at the end of the week and then it's time. It's go time. It's our, that reminds me, what are you doing on Thursday? This coming Thursday? Yeah. I close at work. Good. So it'll be available like early afternoon. If you aren't, that's fine. But should be what's up you trying to do more post shopping yeah and see what i can do what so i'll see what i can do okay i love when we just make plans live on the air like this is not the first time this has happened where we're just like scheduling like oh, yeah. meetups and shit like yeah with a microphone in front of it's it. just one of those like oh well i'm thinking about it by the way yeah because <laughs> if we wait till the end of the show we'll forget exactly and if we stop we'll break our flow you know yeah, precisely it's just so much better this way and i'm sure it's organic for everybody listening um i legitimately feel like there's like a handful of people out here who would like this is their favorite part of the show our G- our podcasts are gmo free people totally organic it's totally <laughs> that was good that was good you gotta slap that on a fucking t-shirt Totally organic right. podcast. Yeah. Also, for those of you at home, that's going to be in the tweet this week. Yeah, when I tweet it out, it's going to be like our one hundred percent GMO free podcast. I just need everybody at home to know. Travis started like trimming down his beard to like a five o'clock shadow for his Poe Dameron cosplay that he's doing for our uh, crackhead screening of the Rise of Skywalker. And I just need everybody to know that Travis looks really cool with his beard and like curly mustache, but he is so fucking hot with this five o'clock shadow. Cut to a week later. It's me with this clip on repeat on my phone. Dude, like, it is. Dude, you're so fuck. Feel free to it, play. You're you look so fucking good with that you. shadow. It's almost like it's, it's so it has just this like rugged like it's almost long enough to where it, like, not long enough, but like filled in enough to where i want it you know yeah and i gotta play with the trimmer see 
see if I can like find the perfect length. But yeah, it looks great. You look Thank great. You. Thank you. Just sit directly on my face. We're gonna have so many odd conversations then in the movie theater. <laughs> you in your black cloak and yeah tunic and me with a handbag. Cut. Ka- Kaipo. Kaipo. Is that not, the new ship? That exists somewhere. Re- Raylo be gone. It is Kaipo from here on out. Ever ever since so who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. That was There's so much sexual tension. That kinky BDSM shit. I didn't know we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. Kinky as fuck. They into that rough shit. Anyway. Speaking of rough shit. <laughs> You guys want to talk about Birds of Prey a little bit? <laughs> that was fucking good! I'm on a roll, baby. Oh, shit! You want to talk about rough shit? <laughs> that was per- That was fucking textbook. Just like, toss that up, and just like, right out of the fucking field. You get to take point on Birds of Prey after that. That's all, all right. you, bud. Uh, let's see. We you earned this. Birds of Prey new trailer and opening scene footage breakdown. This is from IGN. The new trailer and opening sequence from Birds of Prey and the fantabulous, fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I thought I'd get that in one shot. One day. Fantabulous is what gets me because it's not a real word. Yeah. Uh, at Brazil Comic Con on Thursday. What? That's not a sentence. The new trailer and opening sequence from Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn at Brazil Comic Con on Thursday. That's not a sentence. Yeah. You're right. IGN people. Gotta love them. Uh, neither the trailer nor the opening sequence is available Sometimes, online. Sometimes, like, that's the double-edged sword with IGN articles. It's like a lot of the time, like, they're really good at, like, distilling, like, this is what you need to know. But, like, there are bumps along the way yeah, <laughs> getting there sometimes. Somewhere in every article they have to mention that Call of Duty this year feels fresh and revitalizing 9 out of 10, you know? <laughs> it had just the right amount of water. <laughs> I'm not even that big of a gamer, but I get that joke. Not the fucking... I have I have my problems with IGN, but like this That's is fair. yeah I'm not gonna it's what we got. Uh, neither the trailer nor the opening sequence is available online, but IGN Brazil was there to break down what was shown. The second trailer begins with an overcoat-clad Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, at a bank saying she wants to report a terrible crime. The clerk asks which one. Harley then pulls a big rifle out from under her coat and points it at the clerk. This one. Breaking the fourth wall, she looks to the camera and says, I started the wrong way. I'm confused. I don't I don't like anything that I just read. Keep reading. The next scene shows Harley Quinn walking along Gotham streets and hearing people saying that she'll never get over her relationship with Joker and that she's been that she's going back to him with a snap of fingers. So basically The trailer then shows Harley starting her life all over again along with interactions with Black Canary and Huntress, who is always in a bad mood. 
The, the film's villain, Black Mask, is building an army, declaring the Joker is no longer in Gotham. Convenient, isn't it? And that now it is, it is his time to rule Gotham's underworld. The trailer also reveals her hyena is named Bruce as a tribute to that hot man, Bruce Wayne. Hold on. That's, I just read that verbatim. No button, Lou? Boycott. Not my hyenas. Hashtag not my hyenas. That's some bullshit. <laughs> Trailer showcases Harley Quinn's becoming independent. It's time to... It's time to Gotham to know the new Harley Quinn. I that one I understand is a typo, but it's funny. Yeah, uh, she says at the end of the trailer. The trailer also shows Ewan McGregor's Roman Sionis putting on his iconic ebony mask, confirming that he will indeed appear as Black Mask in the film, which we knew. But like, I guess he's actually going to wear a mask, which is good. Thank God, because that's kind of his name. Yeah. Uh, the film's opening scene for the documents of Harley Quinn is trying to get on with her life after breaking up with Joker following 2016 Suicide Squad. We must start from the beginning behind a man of success as a fucking woman, Margot Robbie's protagonist says, as the Warner Brothers and DC logos roll. Also, now we have confirmation because I'm Harley. It's going to be I'm Harley fucking Quinn. Yeah. I saw a TV spot, not a TV spot, but like a little shortcut. Yeah. And in that, I like you notice hard how cut in the fricking is. Yeah. It felt weird. Whenever I saw it, because I went back to see Joker a second time like a month ago. Yeah. Uh, with a friend who had not seen it yet. And I, when the Birds of Prey trailer came through, when I heard it again, I'm like, I think she says fuck. So there you go. Um. Harley's in her small and dirty apartment. There's food on the floor and everything is messy. Cutting her hair, explaining that she is trying to change her identity. She talks a lot about her breakup with Joker, although the character previously played by Jared Leto does not appear. Harley says she needs a new love, so goes to an exotic pet shop where she acquires her iconic hyena. There should be two of them. All I'm saying, hashtag not my hyenas. <laughs> Uh, the salesman flirts with her, but the scene suddenly ends, and we see Harley back in her apartment with the hyena. If you're wondering what happened to the salesman, you can see his foot being eaten by the hyena. Uh, okay, sure. There's more. Out on Gotham streets, Harley Quinn says to herself that she is a new Harley Quinn, even though the woman of the even though the women of the city are gossiping that she did not get over Joker yet because she still wears the J necklace. Mm. Uh, when she hears, I like that. When she hears that, she decides to get rid of everything from her past relationship. She walks until she sees the Ace Chemicals compound where Joker transformed her into Harley Quinn. A drunk Harley steals a truck while its driver isn't looking. Now speeding towards Ace Chemicals, she rips off her J necklace and says, "Joker, you motherfucker." Good. I'm glad I get two doses of Harley Quinn, but she says fuck in like the coming year. I'm so excited. <laughs> Granted, the show like the the show's gotten better in episode two. In watching it, Jared's watched it. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. So Kite I, Man, Kite hell Man, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so happy that that is in the show. I cannot understate my excitement for Kite Man. Hell yeah. 
We'll get there. Um, Harley jumps out of the truck, which then hits the compound and explodes. The explosion looks like New Year's fireworks with a lot of lights and colors. Of course it does. Of course they do. For Harley, this was the moment where she gets her independence. But I'm not the one looking for emancipation. I said that wrong. Whatever. Uh, the footage ended with a quick sizzle reel of shots showing Black Canary, Cassandra Kane, Renee Montoya, and the Huntress before ending with the movie's logo. Uh, and more on the film, you can find out everything. And then we also got new posters and this timeline thing. Exists in a parallel timeline. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> I'm going to give this a quick read-through before I... Um, thoughts on what I just read, Jared? Uh, it sounds like they're doubling down on the tone that it feels like has been laid forth. Uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon feels like it's actually being a very big harbinger of what's to come with this movie. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I just... There's a very short list of people I trust to write Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. Because she becomes very grating very quickly if she's not written well. Like, I love the character, but, like, sometimes it's just too much. And I have very little positives to say on the character design. <laughs> For all of the characters. You know, like, I really wish we got the comic accurate black canary and huntress and um black mask and zazz like just something that didn't look goofy and obviously like again is it that hard to just put harley in a fucking red and black leather jacket yes like a red and black leather jacket and red and black pants is it that fucking hard yes hell if you really want her to be like sexy as fuck like, they've decided that, like, Harley needs to be a fucking sex symbol on screen. Like, fine. Put her in a fucking corset inside of the fucking leather jacket. But, like, I don't... I don't and, you know, again, like... I, I, I'm a dude complaining about the costume of a female character. But, like... I don't get the jumpsuit. I don't get... Like, like none of this screams Harley Quinn to me. If that makes sense. Like, I'm not necessarily yes. asking for it to be, like, the like skin tight and, like, fucking everything hanging out. But, like, if we want to double down on her kind of having, like, a strip club porn star look like she did in Suicide Squad. Fucking didn't put, didn't give, like I said, like, just give, put in a fucking red and black corset and call it a day. That's too easy. Like, I, I just, I just don't understand why we can't get, like, the iconic red and black <clears throat> something. Because this isn't our iconic Harley, you know. Yeah, like, I'm trying I, to differentiate, I guess. I, I understand that, but like she's. Oh no, I agree with you. She's practically unrecognizable. Like if I didn't know, like if you just showed this to me, like outside of Suicide Squad, like, just showed it to me in a vacuum. Her, in a vacuum, just showed me pale lady with pink and blue hair in like a yellow jumpsuit or whatever, and then went, "That's the Harley Quinn movie." I would have been very confused. So, I don't know. I think my favorite Harley getup up to this point is her Injustice 2 outfit. Like, it's just very straightforward. Leather jacket. Red and black leather jacket. 
I can't remember if she's wearing a shirt or a corset in Injustice 2. I don't remember either. I, I, actually, no, I think it's a bulletproof vest. It's been a minute since I played that game. I think, I, no, now that I think about it, it's like leather, red and black leather jacket, fucking bulletproof vest, red and black pants, and boots. Very fucking simple. Like, I don't understand why we won't just let her wear red and black. No, it's like a corset. It is a corset. Okay, I know you can change it to a Kevlar vest. That's probably the one I have equipped and just assume that was the default again. Um, but yeah, I just... It's like an armored corset. It's weird. I like it. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I just... Yeah. And the same goes for Huntress and Black Canary. Like, you know, this... Canary, you know, I'm not begging for them to, like, have her ass hanging out of, like, her fishnets or whatever. I'd prefer they didn't, in fact. Yes. But... Yeah. I mean, do... I mean, you know... What are... That's up to the costume designers. That's up to the actors involved. That's this whole thing. Like again, like I don't want to be the dude complaining about the way females are dressed, but just as a whole, one of my gripes with a lot of the DC movies have been like, why are you afraid to let these comic book characters look how they're supposed to look? Like they killed it with Batman and they killed it with Wonder Woman and it got better as they went with Superman. I hated how Aquaman looked at first. Really? Like, I absolutely like, are hated... You, are you talking, like, with or without the gold? I'm talking... I'm talking I was not super into, like, the Batman v Superman Aquaman, where he has, like, the shoulder armor. I'd have to... And, like, I bracers. Okay. And then just pants and boots. Justice League, it was a cool look. But, like, still kind of wasn't... Like, it was a cool look for Aquaman. And, like, to me, that would be a good, like... Uh, like, f distant future. Like a, like, okay... Like, like, like that that's the kind of outfit I would want Aquaman to wear for, like, his version of The Dark Knight Returns. Okay. Where it's just, like, straight-up armor. Now, like, the Aquaman movie where he's actually wearing fucking orange and green... Yes, Queen. A plus. A plus. A plus plus, a hundred percent. Ten out of ten would recommend. Flash looked good. Like, I was happy with how Flash looked, but like, you know, why is Superman practically wearing black? In Man it, of Steel, because it's dark and edgy. Yeah, and in BVS, it was a little bit brighter, but still looked goofy. So, it, fucking Justice League, that was royal blue, scarlet, and yellow, like fucking gold, like. They, 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 the, the live action DC stuff either looks great or like dog shit. Like the same thing with Joker. Yeah. Like after seeing the movie, I don't understand why you couldn't just have the suit be purple. I agree. Like, I don't know why the suit couldn't be purple and we couldn't just get rid of the blue shit. I don't even mind the blue shit. I, I can live with fine. the blue shit at the end of the day. Why does the suit have to be red? Because Todd Phillips... Uh, yeah, aside from doing. Todd Phillips not liking comic books, like, go fuck yourself. But, like, why, why can't the suit just be purple? You know, it's stuff like that. Like, I hate the... the... nature of the conversation where, like, it sounds like I'm just ragging on all of the female outfits. But, like... Yeah. Just, just do something that looks like the comics and looks practical and works on screen. 
You know, I just I don't understand why everybody just has to be like in jeans and a T-shirt for this one. And I hope at least by the end they're in the costumes. Yeah, I mean, it extends to like the TV shows, too, except for the like the CW versus the costumes usually look fine and they are in costume when they need to be versus yeah. like Titans. For whatever reason, they just refuse to suit up for most of the show. Well, I mean, and CW has had its own arc with the costumes like i remember the original green arrow costume was just fucking gross well it was supposed to be like he was wearing the hood from the island i know he's wearing the hood from the island but i meant like the jacket and the pants oh yeah it looks like it, like fine. it just looked like he was wearing like fucking velvet yeah and i didn't like it <clears throat> but like i said as it went it got better and looked better so I don't know. Like I said, I just I'd, I'd like to see the more comic accurate costumes. And again, I don't and I, I want to make sure like it is made plain. Like I'm not trying to pull you, like you a know. quartering. Yeah. Who complains like about oh Captain Marvel's ass isn't big enough. Like dumb shit like that. Just like why can't Harley wear red and black? <laughs> like, like why can't we put this motherfucker in a red and black jacket anyway? Because it's in an alternate timeline from Suicide Squad, which I don't. This so like I also saw reports that like the writer for Wonder Woman or the director already has a sequel to 1984 written up, but it deviates from the DCEU. That I cannot say that these claims are accurate or that it comes from a reputable source. I just saw the headline on Twitter and scrolled past. But like we've reached this point where like Wonder Woman is a selling franchise movie wise. Aquaman yes. and Shazam because they were good. Right, in varying levels, but like yeah, I wasn't super thrilled with Aquaman, but I enjoyed it. I need to give I, Aquaman a second chance. I enjoyed it because I knew going in that it was like fun action and goofiness. Because I had seen reviews beforehand. I looked at reviews that went from "this is not good" to "this was fun." Yeah, and. I had only seen the the thing that everyone kept saying was there's an octopus playing the drums. Yeah, and, and that was all I needed. I, I I enjoyed seeing that, but like I just fucking Black Manta. Yeah, A was not needed in that movie, and B, the camp. I know unintentional camp. I know, and I don't blame the actor, but like, just like it felt like Black Manta was in a different fucking movie. Than everybody else. For in all the room. we know, knowing DC, he might have been. Yeah, honestly. Um, but yeah, I just like. I'm okay with them starting to just like, hey, these are gonna be their own things now. We tried the universe thing and we fucked it up, and there's no go. But like, these actors want to keep doing this, kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm happy to have them keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. So, I agree with you on the costume bit. I, like. I want to, I want to be able to recognize these characters. I've never been one to be like it has to be exactly like this one book that I like. You know, like we, you have your, like we have our preferences on bat suits. Yeah, right. But like, as long as the bat suit looks good, we don't care. Yeah, like that. That's my big rule. Is like yeah. I don't want to see all black. Oh I, yeah. I, after we got all black suits on film for so many years, <clears throat> Batfleck proved you can do gray and black. And I heard the rumors. I never saw. I didn't see it come from anybody reputable. Like I mostly saw like we got this covered and shit saying yeah. it. 
that like allegedly Pattinson's gonna be gray and blue. I could I could dig a gray and blue suit on scene. Maybe on screen, Jesus. Maybe. Maybe. If they do maybe. It right. We'll see. Um Hopefully you thin my ass down enough so I can like Yeah. If they don't put him in armor, <laughs> it's gonna be like a pure latex. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fabric suit, and uh, we need to put my ass in the dryer. Um, so how do you feel about the parallel universe thing? I don't well, like I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel about it. Well, I I just because like it's not literal. It's not, and you know, it's just them saying like this is a one-off story about. The, it's it's their way of trying to disconnect from the D, the idea of the DCEU, right? Yeah, they're just trying to like, hey, we don't have to tie in anything right now, but we might, but we don't have to, you know. And whatever, I just I want an official statement from DC and Warner Brothers about what's going on. Exactly. And yeah, as for like the dialogue, I'm kind of worried a little bit that I'm gonna hate this movie because I don't want. Hey, it's Harley Quinn, but she says fuck. Yeah. I just don't... I don't want... The the show is lightened up. Like, again, we'll talk about... I want to talk about both episodes, because now you've watched both. And like well, your my thing with, like... But... The thing with that, that show that I really much appreciate, and what I think makes it work, is the way that Ivy is written. Yes. Because you have Harley... You have Harley doing the, I'm Harley fucking Quinn shit. Which is immediately met by Poison Ivy being the straight man to her, being the straight woman to her funny woman. And that you have like Ivy at every turn going, Harley, use your inside voice. And like reining her back in. And like Harley was a lot to take in in that first step for the majority of the pilot because you didn't have that chemistry that kind of like made that like her bombastic nature makes Ivy funnier and Ivy's like very deadpan fuck off makes harley funnier so far it doesn't feel like there's a straight person to harley's funny person for birds of prey it just feels like people who are reacting to harley shooting a guy with a punching or with a boxing glove a punching glove jesus so that's yeah. birds of prey talk that's birds of prey hey we got a new trailer for uh the boys season two yes we did you actually want to turn it my way because I haven't watched it yet. I wanted to watch it on air. It's good shit, dude. Yeah? You love it. Oh, Jesus.
Please say it. You won't. Ah! I know. I I wanted him to as well. You know, him not saying it is almost better. It's fucking diabolical. Ah! That was so good. I'm like sitting here and every time I saw him, my brain went, you need to cosplay Billy Butcher. Like, <laughs> every time he came on screen. He's the next Kylo in that way. Where like every time he was on screen, the first time I saw The Force Awakens, I was just like, you need to wear all of that right. when it's really hot in the summer. And like every time I see Billy Butcher, I'm like, I need to wear all of that when it's really hot in the summer. Um, I'm excited for season two. I like, I like the, the thing that I like about the boys TV show a lot is that they took like the absurdity from the comics and where the comics have like a, the comics go way, just legitimately go overboard. Yes. I think the comics like get lost in the, in like the quote unquote fun of being edgy, dark, and absurd. The the and the, like lose their way. If the comics were directly translated to the TV show, I probably wouldn't like the show. In that way that like Joker's message is so ham fisted that like it's like main message. There's a lot of little shit that you can pick out of it in that like English teacher kind of way. Yeah. But like especially when the message is that like, you know, everyone's fucking awful. That kind of viewpoint has always not sat right with me. Yeah. Because it's so just, like, lazy. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've never enjoyed it because no one can We were ever... all bad and we made a badder person because we suck. Not even, like... It's just so vapid. Or just, like, we're all bad and, like, both... It's the same thing with people that... And again, you your political views are up to you, but, like... It, when you're like, oh, both sides are just terrible people. It's like, well, no shit, but I want to vote for the person I think is less terrible anyway. Yeah. You know? It's like, like, it gives me on, like, less terrible. Like, it's just a matter of, like, this is what I believe in. Yeah. Even if this person is feeding me bullshit and knowing I, they're saying what I want to say, if they want to keep their job, they're going to do the thing I want to happen. Or at least attempt to. Or at least attempt to. And, like, I I, I agree with you completely on that. The, there's a level that. of, like, I just don't do politics because they don't like the discourse, right? I know people like that, and I respect yeah. that view. But they're, the, the people that are, like, they're just awful people on both Everyone sides. Everyone sucks. And, it's lazy. It's, yeah. You, you're, you're making the decision to not get involved. And when it's a viewpoint for a story, especially when it's the overarching theme of the story. Yeah. The whole show just not even feels lazy, but it feels pompous and dumb and like somehow the, the not that the boys comic always feels that way but the the show somehow manages to make that tasteful and maybe because the show manages to make it tasteful by showing that people all people aren't awful it shows like oh <laughs> i don't know what that was mm. um you probably can't even hear it but I know that's what makes it funny. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I want to go back and see how often you can actually hear the trains and the helicopters. Oh, you can't. You can't even hear the helicopter. <laughs> that's funny. I don't, as hell. I don't know about the helicopter, but the trains I know for sure because the one time I shouted at it and I got a text from Matt and he was like, "What the fuck are you yelling at?" <laughs> I know. Whenever we recorded at my house before, you could hear the fucking oh, train because yeah. it's like two feet away. Uh, but anyway, I think with the boys, like they make a point of showing that not all people are bad. 
like you know the or that even bad people can make good decisions yeah like you know? like the like the 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 people who are just so enthralled by the superheroes you can't fucking blame them they don't know the horrible shit that's going on they're being lied to so like yeah they're awful but they don't realize they're being awful billy butcher is awful because he's been through horrible shit and instead of dealing with his trauma he just likes to be a violent shithead you know like you have with um Oh my god, why am I losing his name? That doesn't help me figure out who he the is. The kid. Oh, um Huey. Huey, holy shit. We Huey. We Huey. Like with like Huey and uh Starlight. Yeah. Starlight. I that didn't sound right to me coming out of my mouth. Like Huey and Starlight, they like they're this pure good. They're, like even though Huey like watched his girlfriend get fucking liquefied. He's still, like, at his core wanting to do the right thing. It's not coming... Like, yes, there's, like, a bit of vengeance in that, but he's still recognizing, oh, this is wrong. Something needs to be done about this regardless. So, I don't even think it's all people are bad. It's showing that, like, no, people can be good. Good is a choice. And I love that. I also enjoyed this trailer, because as far as it's deviated from the comics already, I have no fucking idea what the next story is like the next season's going to be like but if it's yeah. anything like season 1 I'm here for it dude Absolutely yeah it's exciting shit Yeah 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 me too Uh The next is our little Snyder cut ramble ramble bamble Oh jeez okay So uh the Snyder Cut news is always moving, like, really, really, really quickly. Um, but the most recent development has been... Well, I forgot to mention that apparently Henry Cavill basically said, please stop talking about the Snyder Cut. It wasn't even that. It was just that, like, that. But also, they asked him why he hadn't commented, and he's like, oh, because I miss my mustache, and it makes me think about my mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Because he's one of the few men on this earth that rocks just a mustache. You do. You I, do. I need some form of a beard with no, it. No, when you curl that motherfucker, you can do a mustache. I don't... So, here's the thing. Next con, you do just a mustache for at least a day and let the people decide. All right. But, well, like, looking at myself, I don't have the... Like, to rock just a mustache, you need a fucking epic jawline like henry cavill or like tom Selleck. yeah to like have it help with the frame up top my jawline is like too round and it's not defined enough where like the mustache takes over you know what i mean that's fair that's fair yeah but uh apparently i the snyder cut i just saw the time stamp is 214 minutes long. That's over three and a half hours. <laughs> that is disgusting. And I saw somebody retweet Zack Snyder's picture of like the canister that allegedly holds it. And uh, he, uh, the per the person, it, it was a verified account. I don't know. I don't remember who it was. But the person retweeted it. And he was like, this is the factory floor version. This is the version that has not been edited at all yet. He's like, he's blowing smoke up everybody's ass. This isn't legit. And then Zack Snyder retweeted that guy and said, no, the factory version was five hours long. 
So, like, Justice League Uncut is a five-hour movie. In its current state, allegedly, the Snyder Cut is three and a half hours long. That's longer than Endgame. That's an extra 30 minutes on Endgame. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck is in the Snyder Cut? It's actually just... It's 15 minutes of Justice League and 15 minutes at the end of Justice League and then the three hours in the middle is just Avengers Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) But they had it so early. Like, Zack Snyder figured out time travel, went into the future, got Avengers Endgame, came back, and then just hunked it in the middle and DC saw it and, like, the higher-ups went, this is too much power, we have to cut him. So, are you familiar with, like, what this, how the Snyder cult reacted to Endgame? No. So, like, a lot of, like, the Snyder cultists were like, oh, the Russos are getting credit for the type of storytelling that Zack Snyder's been doing all along. No. And we're saying that, like, the Snyder cut of Justice League was supposed to have, like, all that type of imagery and storytelling going on in it. But, like, they, he never got to share his vision like I don't, fu- I don't fucking get it. There's no way that Justice League gets that much better. Because for me, Avengers like, ju- Endgame had twenty movies of buildup. Yeah, Justice League had two. Had two. Justice League had a light. Had two movies and a whole lot of heavy-handed Christ imagery. And don't get me wrong, I like my Superman depicted as Christ media as much as the next guy but still goddamn how much can you add to justice league that like maybe changes it so profoundly probably you can't if i had to guess because if maybe wasn't justice league supposed to be two parts yeah so maybe the five hours is part one and part two just combined well, that was that's the thing that was like that's the five hour version was the like we have not edited this at all yet. Yeah. So maybe they just filmed it as one big thing and then we're going to like Well, I think that they abandoned the part one, part two thing pretty early on. Yeah, I don't remember when they did. And I, I mean maybe like the time that was supposed to be part two is dedicated to the reshoots. Whenever Joss Whedon came on board. But like I don't know. This is like very much in the way that like there was that, um, you know, the death of Superman lives documentary. Uh-huh. I very much want to see that about Justice League. Like in a few years, whenever like people's contracts are up and nobody's in danger of losing a job, I really want to hear the stories of like what happened behind the scenes of Justice League. Because again, I like Justice League. It was fun. I enjoy it. It was fun. Like anytime anybody asked me, like I was working on Hot Topic when Justice League came out. And people like, and I was like wearing like a Batman shirt because I was seeing it like later again that weekend. Um, and they're like, "Oh, hey, how was Justice League?" Blah blah blah. And I was like, "It was fun." That and that is consistently how I describe to everybody. It was a lot of fun. And if you like these characters, everybody gets a couple moments. Like everybody gets a few moments to shine and do their thing. It was a good time. I always so I described it as a significant improvement. <laughs> but still a C. Because, like, there's a noticeable difference between a D- and a C in terms of quality. You rank BVS at a D-. minus. I mm, There are a lot of things I did not like. About I that think movie. that's a little harsh. 
I just, I don't like, this is a whole conversation. This is a whole thing. That's another debate episode. Yeah. Where I'm like going to like. I'm not saying you are incorrect for enjoying it. No, and that's my thing is I'm totally aware of its shortcomings. They I just, just fucking love that movie, and I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I love that movie. The shortcomings are so blinding to me because a lot of them have to do with Clark. I don't, you know, I just don't. Enjoy Emo Superman it. doesn't work exactly, which is why I enjoyed Justice League. Not the exclusive reason, but like when he shows up and says, "I like truth," and I'm a big fan of justice. Like, motherfucker, I want that tattooed on me somewhere. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's just that pure, like, like that's just American I got, Pie and baseball I got, Superman. I got two Supermans last night. One of them was kind of edgy and dark, and they still managed to do it right on the fucking CW. How does Zack Snyder fuck it up that way? That right? is what I kept seeing all over Twitter and all of in the comic book cast Facebook group, was everybody was like, how is the CW? Like, these are the same people who decided that Green Arrow should just be Batman. These are the same people who, like, somehow are, like, fundamentally inclined to know how the, how the fuck to write Superman. I lied. We got three Supermen last night, and they were all phenomenal. Oh, yeah. There was Welling, Ralph, Ralph and, and Hecklin. Yeah. Only, uh, so I wanna, we'll get into it later. I was going to say, I, wanted, I, I saw that, like, people had, like, hot takes about what was done with Welling. He... Should I tell you now or should I wait? Should you I you, can, you can wait until we get into Crisis Talk so okay. in case there are people who haven't watched it who are like, Yeah. I don't want to get super heavy into what happens so far because we're only two episodes in. The third one's airing tonight, but we'll be doing stuff. Yeah. And I'll just watch it tomorrow or Thursday. It's not okay. a big deal. Um, <sighs> and I want to do a more comprehensive look over when it's done. The problem okay. is it won't be done till mid-January. Naturally. Because the the episode airs tonight. Yeah. The CW goes on Christmas break. When they come back, they're finishing Crisis. I don't like that. I don't either. I feel like Crisis is such a good, like, Christmas send-off. Well, that's usually how... That's usually what the crossovers are. The crossovers aren't also usually five... That's two, fair. Well, like, they were the one year, but they weren't as big. And then last year was kind of big because they teased Crisis, but they only spanned three shows. And also Legends did its th- – it's like we're only doing a half season like there are this year. Yeah. Um, So for them to start Legends on the crossover, it has to go into January. Yeah. So I'm curious what the like cutoff point will be because I thought I knew what it would be and I was wrong. <laughs> well, granted, no, it can't be that because the – we'll talk about it later. Okay. So – we were talking about the Snyder Cut, weren't we? Yep. Moving on. If it comes out, we'll watch it. We say that every time, but we don't think it'll come out. Uh, what do we got next? Eternals footage. You're up. Yep. No, I did Snyder Cut. You're oh, up. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. We saw the first Eternals footage and glimpsed the future of the MCU. This is from Collider. With Avengers Endgame behind with Avengers Endgame behind us, the future of the MCU is more a mystery than ever. Most of our original heroes are out of the game, and while there's a thriving younger generation in Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel to keep the fires lit, the MCU is on track to continue building their cosmic universe with the arrival of 
Chloe Zhao? Zhao? Yeah, that Zhao? sounds right. Eternals. Marvel Studio. I'm going to say Chloe because I don't want to fuck up her last name. I feel bad. That's fine. That's um, fair. If it comes up again. Marvel Studios boss and MCU mastermind Kevin Feige took to the stage at CCXP in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil and gave the ecstatic audience a first look at the upcoming superhero epic which stars you know the bunch i'm not gonna yeah. read through all of that Feige described the presentation as raw footage pulled to straight from the camera and said it was exclusive for audience at the con so what did we see well it sure went by fast but it was pretty spectacular looking so i'll do my darnest to sum it up i didn't see who wrote this hold on probably chitwood fouch ah The footage began with a shot of Druig. I'm not going to say the actor's name because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> uh, walking out of a door straight into the assembled Eternals, all costumed up in their mythological-looking armor. From there, we got a tapestry of snippets that showed the various Eternals in different locations, showcasing the film's diversity and international casting. We got some gorgeous close-up shots of Joe Lee back in blonde, uh, decked out in her white costume. In one shot, she grins, though we have no context why. We also caught a peek at Ajax in action and sighting and a sighting of some kind of monstrous army, the Deviants, or just another classic MCU monster army to be determined. Uh, we also saw what seems to be a romance between. Cersei and Icarus holding hands in some sort of fountain-like structure and standing together in a field. We saw Ajax riding a horse in the countryside, heading towards an isolated farmhouse on the horizon. This is a lot. We saw Kingo uh, decked out in a colorful garb and makeup. Da Danging? Might, might be dancing. Surround yeah, dancing. Surrounded by ensemble dancers in a seemingly Bollywood-inspired scene. We see Drew... This is so fucking much. Uh, not much in the way of dialogue in this footage, but we did hear Ajax say, these people have changed all of us. We must protect them. <clears throat> Before seeing the costumed heroes slowly take flight into the air, in the end, hieroglyph marked glowing gold lines emerge to form the Eternals logo. Ooh, I like that. Overall, the camera work looks absolutely stunning, rich with color and depth, and the costumes are a visual feast in their own right. As someone who's very new to the mytholo mythology of the Eternals, this footage instantly caught my eye and got me, yes. So, footage looked good. I don't think they can afford this for this movie to not be incredibly striking. They can't, yeah. The same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, the weird, the, that is something that Marvel very much has on its in its favor, is that their obscure weird shit is also incredibly visually stimulating. So it's really easy for like, oh, nobody's heard about this like random band of like bounty hunters and smugglers who do their own thing like far away from Earth. Cool, we'll just make it so pretty you can't not love it. And throw in an amazing soundtrack to boot. And it sounds like that's what they're doing here and I really like it. Apparently there were also some new images from the... Uh, from WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I saw some of the Falcon and Winter Soldier once. It's mostly just pictures from them on set. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah. Uh, not even in costume. Yeah. So. So, little stuff like that. Very excited nonetheless, though. Uh, I think, and 
I, I really got to think about it because I'm not sure yet. But uh, I know on next week's episode when we rank our comic book movies of the year. Oh, pardon me. We are going to be saying what our most anticipated movie for the next year is. Okay. And I think for me right now, it might be Eternals. Right now. After the Black Widow trailer, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of up in the air now. And I got to think about that a little bit more. I might have to watch the Black Widow trailer a couple more times. I wish we had some more footage. I wish we had public footage yeah. for the Eternals. Um, but nonetheless, I'm very happy with what we sound. It sounds like it's going to be the very visual feast that it should be. Next up. Next up. I just realized how, how many more stories we have and we're an hour in already, so... Well, I mean, there's a couple of these that are very, this is a thing. Uh, Dude, that was accidental. I know, I know. That was perfect. So we have another addition to the cast of The Batman. Peter Skarsgård has been added to the cast of The Batman, Warner Brothers, and DC's latest take on the superhero franchise. Director Matt, uh, this is Deadlines, uh, Patrick Hypes reporting. Uh, I lost my place. Director Matt Reese tweeted out the news of Friday while not revealing any character information, but he does join a pick uh, top lined uh, by Robert Pattinson as Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Andy Serkis as, Penny, as Alfred Pennyworth, uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler, and Colin Firth as Penguin. Uh, previously, Reeves confirmed castings on Twitter like John uh, Turturro as Mafia Capo, Carmine Falcone. And Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner James Gordon. Uh, Warner did not respond to a request for comment about Skarsgård for his role. Uh, production starts soon on The Batman, which tracks Bruce Wayne in his formative stages as the man who would become the Cape Crusader. It already has a set June 25th, 2021 release date. The film is produced by Dylan Clark, who produced Reeves' Planet of the Apes films. Uh, Matt Reeves tweeted out, Oh, hi, Peter, with a bat, at the en- bat emoji at the end. I was listening to the Weekly Planet, and they cited the name of who he's actually playing because every time Matt Reeves has tweeted out, apparently, his cast, he addresses them by the name of their character. And it's just a coincidence that both his real name and the character's name are Peter. Allegedly. Let me double check this. I'm not following Matt Reeves yet. Okay, so, yeah, so he's, yeah, so all of them have tweeted out, like, recently, it's the picture of, it's a gif of Jeffrey Wright that says, uh, hashtag Gordon. Yeah. Uh, And here comes hashtag Alfred, and it's a picture of, like, Andy Serkis high-fiving a bunch of people. A gif, rather. And it said, I said Carmine Falcone, it's a guy playing Falcone. And this one says, hi, Peter. Apparently, it's like the co-commissioner. Like Peter something. Like the... Yeah. Is who he's playing, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, So, unless they're... Unless he's breaking from that convention and he's not naming him deliberately. But I think he's playing the co-commissioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they said. But again, maybe he is saying Peter. 
as in the man's name, and he's just keeping it vague who he might be playing. Yeah, I mean, um, if it's not, if he was just calling the actor by his name, then we'll probably find out in like a week. Yeah, because like we had talks of Andy Circus, but I don't think we knew who. Oh no, we we knew. Well, this is confirmed though. Like this is Matt Reeves tweeted it. But I mean, like we've had talks of actor might join, and then after they've joined, like with Colin Firth, we saw that. Oh yeah, we weren't sure that he was going to join the film at all, and then when he got officially put on, it was like, oh, and he's going to be Penguin. Yeah. So So. I'm I'm excited to figure it out. I'm really hoping they do add Harvey Dent to it, because I really do hope this is like just a straight up long Halloween adaptation, Um, like proper, as we've said before. But yeah, lots of exciting stuff. The Batman is going to be one hell of a time. All right. Next story. Ready? Yep. No Shazam 2 announcement. Moving on. Yeah. There was a bunch of people like reporting that Shazam 2 got announced. Um, I'm just going to run through this one real quick just because I'm, I've actually seen Shazam. I mean, just it didn't get officially announced. Yeah, uh, just real quick, I just want to read the article directly so everybody has, like, an idea of what happened. Um, People thought that it was going to get announced and it didn't? Like, Well, people were reporting that it got announced. Oh, well. Yeah. uh, Well, there are numerous reports that Shazam 2 was officially announced at CCXP. Uh, Comicbook.com is learning to confirm that there was no official announcement of Shazam 2 at the event. Uh, Shazam clips were featured in the studio's opening reel, uh, which is probably what people thought meant that Shazam 2 was coming. Uh, so yeah, just want to make sure everybody knew the specifics on that. Well, we'll probably get an, we'll probably get an announcement at if we get one soon. It'll be next year, San Diego. Yeah, San Diego or New York, considering or even Emerald City. Yeah, considering like we know Black Adam is coming, and he will most likely play into Shazam. One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's DC. You never know. So who knows? You know. But yeah. Um. Next up, yep, quickie, Steve Graham to join Venom. Whoop. That's it? Yep. Don't have a character for him to play yet? Yeah. Oh, that and apparently that they might be leaning towards an R rating. Eh, might be better then. Might be, yeah. You get more, like, Venom-eating people shit, you know? Yeah, or Venom just says fuck a lot. And it's the same thing oh, as Harley no. Quinn, but it's Venom. We are fucking Venom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, like, I can't even imagine. Like a fucking turd in the fucking wind. <laughs> I... Why the fuck would you do that? Why would you do that to me? We can do whatever the fuck we fucking want. <laughs> anyway, we got a Wonder Woman trailer. No, he didn't. This says otherwise. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I love this. Welcome to the future. Mando. It's good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it.
think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. take what I want in return. Everyone will see. from lies and greatness is not what you think Just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Did you see Mark Ellis's tweet that which one they're gonna start killing off Steve and uh, at the end of every movie like Kenny and South Park? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I hope he's right. Um. So. I a, just want to address Titan's talk from last week real quick. Okay. Donna Troy could not hold up a fucking Transformer. The, but what? Diana is, like, pulling a fucking Spider-Man on lightning bolts. Um, I'm not salty. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm very angry. <laughs> I'm very salty. Again, Heavily salted. I'm not mad that Donna died. I'm mad at how she died. Yeah. She could have at least been shot by Deathstroke. <laughs> she could have at least been killed by Connor. Yeah. Or, you know, Mercy. Or She could have died. I don't know. It's dumb. I get, you know, all she was saying. Or just, people. like, block that scene differently where she has to hold it up. Like, you can, like, just block the scene so that, like, but, like she's it, put in that situation deliberately. And she it, doesn't do it unnecessarily. It, not even that it's unnecessary. It feels so out of place because it's after every other conflict has been resolved. Yeah. You know, I like do it in the middle of the fight. She has to do it and she has to hold it for a long ass time. You know? Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Whatever. Um, trailer looks great. This is so like, beautiful. I. This is what Patty Jenkins can do with Wonder Woman when she's not stuck in the confines of what Zack Snyder had envisioned for the DCEU. This is so much more colorful and energetic. Hashtag be gone blue filter. Be gone blue filter. Oh my God, it is so rich. Pedro Pascal has me hooked immediately as Maxwell Lord. I am so, so invested in this already. And like that, then that's what, that's my thing is that like, I don't know. That's what I was getting at earlier with Eternals is like, I'm so stuck between Eternals, Black Widow and Wonder Woman. 
for the one I'm most looking forward to. And I don't know which one I'm going to land on in time for next week. But it's just it's just so much. Like, I it's just so much to take in. It's so visually stunning. The Golden Eagle armor is just so visually striking. I don't know how I feel about the wings. I mean, she drops them in the trailer. She drops them in the trailer. They just look a little too Hawkwoman. That's fair. For me, like... Like, you already have, like, a cool-ass look going. Uh, I'm glad that Diane is wearing pants with her costume. I've always preferred, like, Wonder Woman to have, like, pants with her outfit. You fucking beta. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a sexist fucking pig and I'm a beta. Um, I don't know. I just... I think it has a lot to do with, like, in my opinion, Injustice, like, got what these characters suppo- are supposed to look like so right. And, like, Wonder Woman's, like, base outfit in the first Injustice game where it's just, like, like, the top part is, like, mostly armor. Yeah. And then pants with, like, shin armor just looks perfect. Like, like that's what, in my mind, that's what Wonder Woman looks like. Um, So, yeah, I'm super blown away by this. Um, Very, very happy to figure out, like, kind of what's going on with Steve Trevor. That it seems as though he's been resurrected, like, mm-hmm. straight up. Yeah. Like, there's no time travel, or he's not a hallucination or anything like that. I've seen the the critique and complaint, like, do we have to have Diana have a love, love interest? interest? And that Steve has to come along. I am not going to weigh in on that until we see the movie. Yeah. I know when I found out Steve was still going to be in it, nothing against Chris Pine's performance. But I was like, really? Do we need him? Really? Like. Yeah. So. I have my own. Thoughts on handling Steve Trevor and whatnot in this. And I will wait to see if the movie validates his existence in it. Um, but yeah, this just looks so beautifully shot. The action just seems so fun and comic booky. And if that music is any indication of what the soundtrack is going to sound like, oh, I'm yeah. so fucking in. Oh, yeah. Like, I loved, don't get me wrong, I loved the, like, like that theme song. That was way longer than it needed to be. I know, because I got, I got in the zone, and I fucking love it. I thought that was going to be Batman's theme, and they first played it in the trailers. I thought that was Batman's theme, because I was like, that doesn't sound like Wonder Woman. I could see that for Batman, maybe. Uh, but I always loved the music, but I didn't like it as Diana's theme. If we're going to get a new version of it that sounds anything like that, count me in. But yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 might be my most anticipated comic book movie for next year. As well as Black Widow and Eternals. I have to actually look at everything before I make a statement because I am, I am so like just burned on news currently. Yeah. I feel that. Like a Um, lot of this stuff I hadn't seen, like usually stuff when we, that we talk about on the show, I've seen prior. Yeah. But not, not this week. I'm sorry. So, uh, like last year, we are going to keep a nice finger on the pulse of comic book season during, or comic books during, comic book movies during award season. Uh, that 
was something very interesting that happened last year. Obviously, Black Panther walked away with four Oscars very impressively, and it was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, this year, in the push towards award season and the Oscars, we have Avengers Endgame being up for multiple critics' choice awards. Uh, Endgame will compete for Best Action Movie against uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And John Wick 3, uh, Ford v. Ferrari. And it is also in the running for Best Visual Effects alongside Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Ad Astra, and The Aeronauts, as well as uh, Lion King. Uh, it's also up for Best Sci-Fi or Horror against Ad Astra, Midsummer, and Us. I have no idea why that award pool is so small. Like, Midsummer why? and Us absolutely should be up in that slot, but why are there not, like, at least two or three more options, and why the fuck is Endgame in that one, too? Why Why is it sci-fi horror? Like, is it sci-fi hyphen horror? Yeah. Okay. Not, like, sci-fi horror, like... Like fantasy sci-fi like they're just lumping those two together that like uh, so it's is it hyphen or slash sci-fi and or thriller or and or horror i don't like and or like us is not i mean us has like a little bit of sci-fi in it midsummer is not have, sci-fi at all have horror and sci-fi be their own categories they're not conducive to each other they don't like i mean in in the way that like like, fantasy sci-fi kind of makes sense. Not sci-fi horror. I think that it's like that. Sci-fi sci horror is its own fucking genre. Yeah. Like, I think the reason it's like that is because I think that for, for the Critics' Choice Awards, they're aware of the fact that, like, they're going to have dark horse options that are going to come from one of those two, so it's just easier to lump them together. But... Because you say sci-fi horror, I go alien. Right? Yeah. Not Avengers Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Endgame is up for a couple Critics' Choice Awards, which is awesome to hear. Uh, we also have... Um, Joker. Another movie that I'd never want to fucking talk about again. Award season is in the air, and what better way to kick it off with the glitz and glamour than by nominating Joker for a Golden Globe. Joker is nominated in four categories. Best Actor in a Drama, Best Drama, Best Score, Best Director, and notably... Uh, it shares two of its slots with uh, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Uh, All of those, I think, are suitable, except if Todd Phillips wins Best Director in any awards show for this movie, I'm going to fucking vomit. What is it? Uh, okay. Uh, so, Best Motion Picture are 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and Two Popes. Uh, best director it's going up against um, Todd Phillips is going head to head with Tarantino, Scorsese, Sam Mendes and Bong Joho ho for uh, Parasite uh, Joaquin Phoenix is nominated for best actor uh, Just trying to make sure. I just want to make sure, like, we see, like, what its competition looks like. I mean, it's what you'd expect. Yeah, for the most, yeah. Like I said, I just don't want 
Phillips to absolutely not. He doesn't need his cock stroke. I don't think. I don't think. Like again, I said it before, and I will say it again. Best score, yes. Cinematography, yes. Best actor, yes. Outside of that, I don't think that movie needs nominated for anything else. Like you know, I mean, maybe okay. I'll throw Todd Phillips a bone on like a director of photography level, and the fact that like he in part helped forge Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of shit that, like, okay, I can feasibly say Todd Phillips, like, deserves a nomination for. But again, I am not going to let go of this is Taxi Driver meets King of Comedy set in Gotham. And I know I know I like Iron Man. I also know who Martin Scorsese is. Go fuck yourself. So, I don't know. I think it's ironic that he's up against the guy who he fucking ripped off. Yeah. For a lot of this, like, that's some long con shit if I've ever seen it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we in this house always support comic book movies winning awards because it gives validity to these films being more than just popcorn cinema. And I think they are more, far more than popcorn cinema, uh, despite what nominated actors and or nominated filmmakers this time around might have you think. Agreed. So, very exciting you stuff. Know. I love awards season. It's it's some of my favorite shit. Like I, that's one of my favorite I, podcasts on Collider is for your consideration. I I kept up with it for a couple of years, but I've fallen out of it recently. Last year was the first year I watched most of the nominated movies. Yeah, like last like most years I'll get like one or two in. Last year I got like four or five. Like I I watched Roma. Obviously, I saw Black Panther. I saw Black Klansman. I saw, um, I'm forgetting what I was nominated, but I saw a great deal of the nominated pictures last year, and like it felt, I felt good. I felt like a, I felt like a proper movie snob. That's why though, because like by the end of the year, they is when they all hit, you know, Oscar yeah. season. But I, I never get around to it, and so I kind of feel disconnected. the The height of my following was when Leo won his. Oh yeah, for uh, Revenant. Yeah, I got so excited just because like I I love him as an actor and he fucking deserves it. Yeah, and I remember like leaping out of my chair when they announced it. I was like, yes. I well, I remember that was the same year. That was the same Oscars after the Force Awakens came out. Yeah, and one of my favorite memes I've ever seen in my entire life was like it was the shot from the end of the end of the Force Awakens when Rey's holding out the lightsaber to Luke, but like they photoshopped it into an Oscar. And then, like, they just had uh, Leo with, like, his hood up in The Revenant just looking back. <laughs> Good. It was perfect. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I I just want to see how everything shakes out. I really do think Endgame deserves a Best Picture nomination. Because it's... Yeah. It's a feat. It's a feat unto itself. Like, the way I look at it, A New Hope, Star Wars... Like, like not you know yeah. when it first came out just Star Wars was nominated for best picture because it changed everything and it was amazing Endgame changed everything like Endgame changed everything the same way the first Avengers changed everything I think it deserves it 
I don't know if he necessarily deserves to win. Like, that depends on what he's going up against. I still need to see The Irishman, obviously. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Um, I very much am looking forward to it when I can find three and a half hours to do it. Uh, that's the other thing. That's an, that's something else I have an issue with, with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that movie is so gratuitously long? I don't know if you got a chance to see it or not. Nope. It's like three hours long, and it's just like... There were obvious places that you could have trimmed it down. And it was just kind of Tarantino being like, you're going to see this movie because it's me. Like, I know you're going to come see it and I know critics are going to love it. And I didn't hate it. I quite enjoyed the movie. But it's... Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it just it, it he It's just him jerking off the whole time, basically. It's kind of like how I feel about Joker a little bit. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, it just, it's just kind of Todd Phillips, like, fucking stroking himself. Same thing Tarantino in a different way where like he's like I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm a legend or Todd Phillips is just like he's just stroking his ego Tarantino's just like ha 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 like no studio can tell me what to do anymore because I'm just too big to stop but yeah very exciting stuff I love award season does that bring us to talk of TV talk of TV is here guess what we don't have to talk about this week I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy. Give me your hand. Give me your hand. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just. I got such like a like a sigh of relief right now. So for those of you at home, tonight when we're done with this, we're taking a break and then we're recording a review for Jedi Fallen Order with uh, the YouTuber Cubs fan Han. Very very big fan of his. Go check him out. Um, I'm in his like fan like his subscriber Discord, and like he a message just went out saying that like. In 15 minutes, the update for Galaxy of Heroes that has um, Sith Trooper and General Hux is in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why there was such an issue with us scheduling today. Because nobody knew when the update for Galaxy of Heroes was going to hit with Hux and Sith Trooper. Right. So, like, we have, like, the, that two hours that we decided to wait for is worth it. Is totally worth it. Because now he has more than enough time to live stream. What time is it? It's only seven o'clock. He has more than enough time to test them out. Yeah. TV talk. Uh, so we're going to do some crisis talk after I want to talk. There's two episodes of it was an episode of Flash and episode of Arrow that went out before crisis started that I want to talk a little bit about. There's. A. Since when is Dubac Sports on Tuesdays? I think it's just late. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Dubac Sports, I guess. Yeah, quick shout out to Dubac Sports. Um, we. So we got an episode of Flash, an episode of Arrow as the lead in episodes to Crisis because I've we've been consistently a week behind because of you know when we record. I'll talk about those really quick. I want to talk about Harley Quinn because now you've seen it and we have another episode. Yes. And then give some like opening crisis thoughts because we've seen two episodes so i've seen two episodes so far yes so um yeah with that here are my notes for flash 608 the last temptation of barry allen part two (laughs) still can't get over the name that's it those are my notes Uh, oh i never i didn't take notes for this one um it the episode 
does nothing spectacular. It does have this one cool tracking shot sequence with Cecile, and I don't remember her name. I feel kind of bad. But Cisco's current love interest girlfriend person. Um, But this whole episode is designed to shelve blood work. He is now in Argus custody so that when crisis starts, they don't have that running around. That's convenient. And we see, like, full-on blood work, like, monster blood work, and he looks fucking gross and awful. So that's good. I say gross and awful like CWCGI gross and awful, or, like, gross and awful like he's scary? Both. Yeah. Uh, Did they film him at night, at least? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I remember when I was still watching... And they had fucking King Shark in broad. No, it wasn't King Shark in broad daylight. Who was it? Oh fuck! The, no, no, the fucking something. Adam, something. Fuck, oh, the I know. big guy, yeah, the, the guy fucking that... big guy that they shot in broad daylight, and it looked like the fucking finger guys from Spy Kids. Yeah. I think King Shark was also in broad daylight they at did, one point, they, and it just looked they, awful. They did another episode with King Shark, and it looked a little better, but it was still in daylight, and it wasn't great. Um, so, that yeah. Flash. Oh, we also find out. So, Nash going into crisis. We still get the bit of him opening the door and becoming uh, the pariah, but he... Apparently, in doing, I think it's in that action releases the anti monitor. Like he start he, what he thought was the monitor's dwelling was actually a prison for the anti monitor. Oh shit! I okay. think is what is implied. So, he f- now he fucked up. Now he fucked up. Um, I have actual notes for Arrow. Arrow eight oh seven purgatory. I forgot to mention last week that they wake up on Leanne. They wake up from the the loop on Leanne Yu. Mm-hmm. Season one esque monologue off the top is already selling me. I want to get. I must become something else tattooed on me somewhere. Tramp stamp. Yep. For once, the sudden turn in posi- uh, position on a character makes sense. Stephen has grown so goddamn much. Diggle's reaction also makes sense. What the fuck? Yao Fei, what the fuck? <laughs> Yao Fei. This is the best fucking episode. Of the season or of the show? We don't know yet. Meme. Smash everyone is here meme. If you understand what I mean. Like Super Smash Brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone is here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I I forgot what that was for a second, but I remembered. Why does Roy have to lose an arm for John to learn a lesson? Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck me. Ah, uh, fuck me. The kids made me cry. Survive. What is the energy of the island? John's uniform has become suspiciously green. I'm making eyes at Jared. Ooh. Yalfei fighting Wintergreen gives me life. Fuck, I'm gonna miss this show. The clock has reached zero, lads and ladies. Uh, notably, I watched this before Flash. It both episodes end in crisis. Like, the sky goes a weird color, and they both get, like, 
we're here now it's happening moments um so they wake up on Lian Yu they need to get they need they never explain what the weird energy spikes on the island are it's just there's weird energy spikes on the island yeah um so they need to build the so they need to build the plutonium weapon that they got the plans for in Russia here on Lian Yu uh, Dinah, Renee, and Roy are flying the plutonium in, and the plane gets shot down yes. by a missile. I, okay. Uh, when they crash land, everyone's kind of dinged up, but Roy is pinned by the, uh, some part of the plane with, like, his arm is pinned down. And it's too heavy to lift. Okay, I saw the actor post on Instagram like a picture of him with like a okay. prosthetic with his arm lopped off. Yeah, so. we're getting there. So um, the the plutonium also kind of just randomly flies into the thing. And at first I thought, ah, huh, you know, that reminds me a lot of season one with fires and all that crazy shit on the island. Yeah. I didn't expect to see fires and wintergreen and Yalfei this episode, but we did. Holy shit. So this weird energy spike, whatever the fuck it is, they they do not explain it. Like they refuse to. Um has resurrected presumably all the people that died on the island. Yeah. But we only see I expected to see Shadow straight up. I expected to see Shadow. I thought maybe we'd get a scene with Robert cuz Robert's body was on the island. Yeah. Um but we don't, unfortunately. But um, in looking for the plutonium, Oliver and uh, Laurel run into fires. And Wintergreen, they square off for a second. Oliver's like, I killed Sorry. him. Sorry. Every time you're doing TV talk, I just open my phone and see fucking memes. That's good. You Stop. Can that be the, intro, the outro song this week? Vampire check. Vampire check. I'm going to decline that one. What if we can put Soldier Boy Crank Dat? No. Or the outro song? I don't want to. What if we find like a really funny cover of it? I don't I don't want to, Jerry. What if we find like a hilarious cover of Soldier Boy's Crank Dat? Only if it's Santa. That's Santa Claus's cover right there. Okay, I'll take you that Santa. Okay. And I'll raise you that Santa singing. Oh, no. I don't like where this is going. You heard a cookie cop. Now get ready for twerking Santa. Oh, so it's saying Santa Baby. What the fuck? I hate. I hate. I hate it. Why? Why? They can't hear that. Why? What? Fuck off. Good lord. Ugh. <laughs> I hate that. I hope they could hear it. They probably could faintly. Um. I have to go back and listen to it.
I'm just so, like, I'm dizzy. What the fuck? Oh, I just realized Cookie Cup isn't out here. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, because we need that curse shit with that curse shit. Um. Oh, fuck. Where was I? The Hall of Heroes lore grows ever more. I don't want it. Stop it. Twerking Santa and Cookie Cup side by side as God intended. This is why we have to kill God. <laughs> it's a good thing we picked Spencer to not be on this one for <laughs> to have that little joke planted in there. Um, it's okay. He doesn't fucking listen. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I completely derailed you. Um, fuck yeah, you did. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. So he goes after fires. He he sends Laurel after the plutonium, or to send the plutonium back so that William can finish the weapon. And he goes after fires. He runs into Yalfay. They tag team fires for a little bit. Yeah. Um. We get. Eventually, Laurel. Okay, so they Laurel finds the plane crash. They have to cut Roy's arm off to get him loose. And the whole point is that like Diggs still doesn't trust the monitor, but naturally he's he's in that mode of like there must be another option. Oh, uh, like, there you know in that like there's a, like in that dig way where he's like oh there has to be that, a way in that this. CW way where like there's A and there's B but there must be a secret option C where we win anyway yeah um and this is him kind of coming to terms like he has to make the call to cut Roy's arm off um and it's him kind of it's you know the ham fisted okay I need to trust whatever the monitor has planned I guess which you know. Which is terrifying as like a message for the show to be like, you know, this almighty being that you knew nothing about until recently. This is also proof. They know how to save you and you just need to let your friends die. This is also proof that um, the timeline for Arrow has changed because we see Roy in the future, like in the flash forward shit from last season. And he isn't missing an arm or he and he doesn't have a prosthetic. Unless he has like a really lifelike cyber lifelike cybernetic by that point. But it's only twenty forty. He can't he's doing archery shit in the future. As fast as he would otherwise. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he has like a lifelike cybernetic. In twenty years? It's comic book logic. It's, it's, it's say something something Wayne Tech they, and it wipe it away. But they would look, I they would have to mention it. To me, like there's no there's no getting around that shit. Or maybe the monitor like gifts him with his arm back on some Voldemort shit. That's okay. Now that one I can believe. Um. So, although apparently he couldn't revive all the, uh, we'll get there. Oops, <laughs> it's the CW, so like no one stays dead. Yeah. Um. They regroup. They they determine that by activating the weapon, it'll get rid of all the ghosts. And so they go to fight fires to buy time so that William can make the weapon. The weapon needs a biosignature to activate. They think it's Oliver's. Mm-hmm. It's Lila's. Ooh. And Lila activates the weapon. Something goes on in her brain. 
and then she kind of walks off through a portal <laughs> and comes back as the harbinger shit okay as, as crisis begins we get one last good scene between oliver and diggle i say yeah. one last we'll probably get one more after crisis um how long is arrow going for after crisis like are they doing a full season i no they they're going 10 episodes crisis will be episode eight so they have two more okay i if, if i'm right i think i'm right damn so yeah we get like a you you know you'll always be my brother nonsense that i love between dig and steven uh, from john and steven and i i keep saying actor name and character name david and steven there we yeah. go um it's it's great we get it and then we get a scene of oliver kind of reflecting on the past decade yeah with his daughter and then harbinger appears and crisis has begun I I maybe it's my nostalgia, but I loved this episode. If, if for no other reason than we didn't get enough Yalfe. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I I I enjoy the Russia stuff and I enjoy the Leanne Yu stuff a lot. So, I'm glad one of us did at some point. Um, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Episode two was much better. Episode two was remarkable. It was a lot of fun. There was both episodes so far have had one bad line or joke that offsets me so much that I come out of the episode going, ah, I'm not sure I liked that. And then on a rewatch, I'm like, okay, except for that, it was good. Yeah. Um, there were two for me in episode one. Kite Man steals the show. Well, in episode one, there were two for me. There was the like the one way Harley says motherfuckers, I was like, oh no. Yeah. This is everything we didn't want. And then also Joker's women aren't funny. Yeah, you and I had different takes on that. I know. Because like I was very much like, oh, like it's the Joker. Like, of course he's a piece of shit. Yeah, but like there's something about the way he acts in that episode that just is like gross beyond Joker. You yeah, know, to to me personally, and I didn't enjoy that. But everything else was fine. There's something about Joker that <laughs> this sounds so fucked up. I'm gonna cost us a few listeners on this one. There's something about the way Joker's written to me that like he sounds like what guys who think they're Rick Sanchez sound like. Yeah. I yeah. Like every time I like try to get into Rick and Morty. Like, I see a clip that makes me go, I have no fucking interest in this. Because, like, I know guys who talk like this and think like this. Yeah. And this has become their manifesto and I hate it. Like, I was watching, I even put it on intentionally. It just auto-played onto it and I just didn't turn it off for a minute. But, like, there was, like, an episode of Film Theory about Rick and Morty where, like, they showed a, hey, where they showed a clip and it was, like, I think Summer was like, oh, my God, I'm just afraid that I'm just like an evil bitch. And it was just Rick going, oh, Summer, it's much worse. You're smart. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, shut yeah. Shut the fuck up. You're not funny. You're not deep. Like, you, if you're trying to make Rick seem like the villain, you're doing it wrong. Because, unfortunately, most of your fan base thinks he's a hero. But anyway, I like the fact that Joker sounds like someone who thinks they're Rick Sanchez. 
See, I, I don't, and like you've but... arrived at that like, like you're just you're just a douchebag. Yeah, but I, I just it it sat with me wrong. In this episode, I'm just gonna cut the plot talk because who fucking cares? Yeah, you know you watch the episode. Maybe if you didn't go watch it, it is a someone enjoyable watch. But the finger bang joke, not the first one. The first one was just like. That was kind of weird. But the second one where it's, you know. Yeah. It, I, especially because it's a kid. That's the point, though. I know, but it's so gross. I, I, I chuckled at it. I thought I it was funny. I think as a, as a vehicle of like Harley, like buying her time before this kid like shoots her in the head with like the whole, I bet you've never even finger banged somebody. Like, I thought it was funny. I. It, it was not in the like, oh, this is disgusting, but I was just, it was weird and not in a good way. I will also say this much, like at this point, like a weird sexual joke involving a child is going to have to step its game up because I am an avid watcher of Big Mouth. Oh, God damn it. No, not the, I know. Say that is Mulaney, Nick Kroll, Jenny Slate. Like they're fuck. Some of the best of our generation are involved on Big Mouth. Doesn't mean I have to like it. No, but it's objectively really good. I'm not gonna. I I'm never. I I'm I'm not a huge fan of sexual humor. Like it's just not my cup of tea. I and. Uh, me either. It has to be very specific. I don't the I it's it's it takes a lot for me to get down with sexual humor. I like Big Mouth because like it's not so much the sexual humor so much as it's just like the breaking of the taboo of like we're gonna talk about puberty and I'm not and like ooh such and such as underpants turned red. I guess it's her time of the month. We're like it like it is just an outright like like psychotic like fucking acid trip of a coming of age story and is incredibly meta in that way and that's why i like it a lot but the finger bang joke is exactly what you just described is what you don't like and i didn't like it yeah i yeah i I liked it in the context of like i i think i liked it because it was set up earlier in the episode see that's uh, like because it had that joke of like finger banging somebody like See, like that, that joke happened, team. and yeah. then when when it starts before she says it, I was like, "Don't, don't say like you haven't even finger banged someone. Don't, don't say that. That's just oh, you're gross. You're yeah. saying that to a twelve year old, a thirteen year old, whatever he is. You're gross. Stop that. You know. Besides that, um, the opening bit with Howie Mandel. I don't think that that was actually Howie Mandel. That that was a really good sound alike. If it wasn't, also do back sound. Oh, good shit. We'll do that later. But um, I was I was dying, and so was Howie Mandel. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like Bane. I like I enjoy it. Yeah, I have a lot of mixed opinions about Bane, just because it's like a decent design mixed with like an imitation of the Tom Hardy voice. But that's the joke. Yeah, you know, and I I I enjoyed that. Um. Poison Ivy steals this show. Poison Ivy's going to steal the show for me for the like the rest of the season, I guarantee it. Um, you know who's going to steal the show for me if she shows up more? Kite Man. Fucking Kite Man. You ruined it! No! 
You were supposed to say hell yeah. Oh, I thought fucking idiot. I thought vampire check. I'm sorry. I thought we were just like hyping up the existence of Kite Man. I can fight you back now. Stop! Move away from the cookie jar. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Oh, you prick! I I have nothing but power here. Also, there's now another toy in Cookie Cop. Who put another toy in Cookie Cop? Probably your sister. It's a book bag. Choking hazard. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't like sexual humor. Jokes about taking his dick out. That's physical humor. That's different. It's physical humor. Okay. I'm gonna say it's different because I made the joke. Fucking asshole. Um. But yeah, overall, I I'm raising my score. I didn't score it last time, but yeah. like. I just have to prepare myself now for the joke I don't like. Yeah. And just, like, when it comes up, not let it ruin the whole episode for me. <laughs> because, like I said, besides that, the, like, Kite Man doing the naked man from How I Met Your Mother and saying hell yeah when Poison Ivy walks in the room, <laughs> that's too fucking funny. I just, I remember, like, I saw him and, like, I immediately went... Are they gonna have him say hell yeah? Like, is is it gonna be like the yeah. like the DC Rebirth Kite Man, where he's like Kite Man, hell, hell yeah. yeah, and he said it like that is exactly how I fucking read it too. When I read those issues, he's a Kite Man, hell yeah. Like all that's missing, like the only thing that could get better about that version about Kite Man and Harley is if it was the guy whose name is escaping me. It was the guy who played Kronk. Oh, John, um... Yeah, I knew it was John something. I don't know the last... I'm not going to even attempt the last name. I, I'm going to look it up, because I always forget, and I always feel really bad. Because he's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's not John. It's, uh... No? I don't know why I thought John. Pa- I thought it was John, too. What the pa- hell? Patrick Warburton. Okay. Still, if you're, was, talking, you're talking about this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Patrick How perfect would that he be? He plays a John somewhere. Probably. Um, but, like, how perfect, like, that voice. Kite man. Hell yeah. <laughs> if I ever get the chance to meet him, I'm going to walk up and he's, I'm going to be like, this has nothing to do with any of your work and you're going to think it's really fucking dumb. Can but. I, can I record you saying kite man? Hell yeah. <laughs> Great man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, that'd be so perfect. It's, just, it's, it's that like little drawl he has in his voice. Yeah. He just said, hell yeah. Like, oh God, I fucking love Kite Man. Kite Man makes me so happy. I don't know if he's a permanent member of the cast. He better be. We'll find out in three days. He better be. I'm going to riot if he's not. Going to boycott that thing you don't watch. I'm going to. I'm watching Harley Quinn because of Kite Man. Okay. I can't promise he'll be there. So, don't don't be surprised if he's not there this week. I feel like they like legitimately set up him and Ivy having a little something. I don't want him to have. I want Ivy and Harley to have a something. Okay, something. hot take. I hate our Ivy and Harley as a ship. Yeah, I like them as a platonic as platonic friends. I don't mind the. I, I think I prefer it either way. But I, like, I, I just, there's just something just really sweet about like Ivy being Harley's like rock 
as a friend. And especially in the context of this, I don't want it to be like, oh, Ivy saves Harley from her relationship with the Joker. To start one. Just to, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. I, that's it, that's what's never sat right with me. Was that, like, it feels, because in almost every version, Ivy's there for Har Harley after the Joker situation. And whenever it becomes a relationship, it feels like Ivy's just kind of, like, swooping in in a not-so-altruistic way. And, like, granted, she's a fucking, like, bio-terrorist. Like, I know she's altruism isn't her thing, but still... I just yeah. kind of love that, like, really profound female friendship. I Seeing the opening scene of episode two, I understand what you mean. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. They could do what I, I mean. Know. I, just, I like that sister dynamic they have. And it's really sweet to me. Um, and I prefer that over them as a thing. You know, not, not that I mind Har Harley or Ivy being written as being bi. I think, you know, that's awesome. But I prefer the I prefer them having, like, a sisterly love. I think it's really cute that way. Um, you fucking beta. Did you see my video? I was calling Case in a beta on my Snap story. Yeah. So, like, he was going to stay the night just because he had a hell of a drive and he was already in the area. That's what he was like, hey, we'll be in town. Come over, maybe. Uh, and I was like, so you're going to stay over, right? Because we got to get the air mattress. Uh, um, yeah. The air pump. Air pump. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. I almost said inflator. Keep talking. Just anyway. I was like, hey, you were staying over because we gotta go grab it if you if you are. He's like, I don't know. And I was like, don't be a fucking beta, Kason. And that was just the first thing that came to mind. I just wouldn't stop calling him a beta male. Like really loudly. I started doing like the Jesse Lee Peterson, like beta! <laughs> B -b -b beta. It's a beta male. Amazing. Uh, is that all we have for TV talk? You want to talk crisis at all? Or Yes, I do. I do legitimately. Because okay. what I saw from it was fucking incredible. So it's been weird. Yeah. It's been like it's been good, but it's been weird. Um, our first episode. Our main heroes get warped to Earth 38, which is where Supergirl is. Yeah. Uh, because that is the Earth currently about to get rocked by the antimatter wave. Yes. And so we get Oliver, Mia, uh, Kate, Clark, Lois. Uh-huh. Oh, and Sarah. Okay. Uh, White Canary Sarah. Okay. Um get brought there by Lila. I'm going to keep calling her Lila instead of Harbinger to make things easier. Yeah. Um, get brought there by Lila where they're like, we need to stop it here if possible. Um, the, this tower. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're going head to head with the anti-monitor. Like that's who they're trying to stop. Yes. But he has, he got, didn't get shown on screen till the end of last week. Okay. Yeah. Um, so or the end of last week, end of last night. Excuse me. I, that's what I end thought of, you meant. End yeah. of Monday night. So this tower kind of comes up and it's holding back the antimatter wave. Um, and they kind of come down to the situation where we aren't going to be able to stop this earth getting yeeted. <laughs> so we're going to evacuate everyone to earth prime, earth one. And 
like regroup there. And they so they enlist Lena. That's one of the most comic book fucking things I've ever heard in my life. We're going to evacuate this earth. Yeah. So they're like, Lena's going to build a transmatter portal big enough for like a bunch of alien ships to pass through all at once and get to Earth One. Um, and then while that's happening, the the group. Oh, and Flash. I I knew I missed one. Barry Allen. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly like I didn't even notice that you didn't list him because I kind of thought of that as like a given. Yeah, it it is, but I still you know yeah. I listed the other givens. Um. Like my brain didn't even realize you didn't say it. Uh, side story. So the city of Argo from Krypton survived the explosion. They've been kind of doing their own thing. Um, that's where Clark and Lois went last season with their baby to like kind of turn in for a bit, maybe forever. Obviously not so anymore. Um, but when the antimatter wave is about to pass Argo, they send John off in a pod Clark style. Uh-huh. Um, and then right before Argo gets blown up, not blown up, but deleted, uh, Lila grabs Lois and Clark and get, brings them back to Earth. So Sarah goes on a side quest with someone else that I don't remember. They go to a different Earth to find, because John Lant, like John's pod goes through a wormhole, he ends up on Earth 46. Uh, so they meet an old Oliver. It's a it's a thing. Um, I don't remember who she was with. Oh, she's with Brainy. She's with uh, Brainiac. Brainiac from the Legion of Heroes, the Legion of Superheroes. I got so confused. Not yeah, Brainiac from the Legion of Superheroes, who's been there like the tech guy of Supergirl the past two seasons. What? Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't know they had like a good guy Brainiac on the team. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's a he's good. Um, but they get baby John and head back. Uh, that's a whole side story. It's cute. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the crew is defending the tower that is holding off the, from these like weird CGI demon things that we never get a good look at probably because the models aren't finished. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like they get as many people off the earth as they can. The monitor shows up and says, we need to evacuate. Because there's no, like, we can't save this Earth anymore. And Oliver is the only one left. Yeah. And he says, has everyone been evacuated? Mara's like, well, no. We got as many people as we could. It's like, it's time. Has everyone been evacuated? No. Then it's not time. Stuns the monitor and fights his heart, like, fights off everyone else. He's out. We get this, you know, he's out of arrows. He drops the bow and he just runs in. And man, unceremonious death seemed to be in season this year. Because he he dies. Like, he he drops, Monitor grabs him, brings him back to Earth-1 so he can, like, give his last couple words to Mia and Barry and uh, Kara. Oh, Oliver does have one badass moment in this episode. Because him and Barry are kind of doing their, like, catch-up of, okay, what information do you have? Because here's what I know. And at the end of last season, the reason Oliver has been helping the Monitor so much is because he said, I will give you a favor... I will do anything for you to save Barry and Kara because they're, they're about to die crisis style in Elseworlds. And the monitor's like, okay, you owe me a favor. I will cash that in later. And then the start of this season is I'm cashing in that favor by the way you're going to die. 
And so when Barry's like, yeah, the monitor told me I'm going to die at the end of this. There's no, like, no other words. Oliver just shouts to the sky, we need to talk now. And he's immediately in the monitor's chambers. That's cool. Yeah. Is this on DC Universe yet? No. Fuck. None of these shows are going to be on DC Universe, I don't believe. Fuck. They'll talk about them on their fucking fan shows and like the top, the roundup Where can shows. I watch this? I legitimately want to watch this. CW has a free app. They have a free app? Yeah. There's ads on the shows. You have Xfinity. Use On Demand. Okay. Yeah, it's all On Demand. And typically it's easier for me. Do you think their app has an Xbox version? The CW? Yeah. Probably. I might have a crisis. You should. I want to. Very badly. There, there will be ads on the episodes. But I don't fucking care. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's when I can play Galaxy of Heroes. <laughs> so, Oliver dies. Mm-hmm. In episode two, the monitor's like, we have seven paragons we need to find to fight off the anti-monitor. We have the paragon of hope here already. It's Kara. Uh, we have, I forget which one Sarah is, but Sarah's one of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, again, don't, oh, Destiny. She's the Paragon of Destiny because she's time travels and shit. Okay. Uh, and then they need to go find the one of Courage. And I don't remember the other one, but it's Kingdom Come Superman. <clears throat> um... In the meantime, he, the monitor has brought back Lex Luthor to life. He like died at the end of the last season of Supergirl, but he brought him back to life. His purpose in the crisis is because the monitor knew he would steal the Book of Destiny to kill off other Supermen in the multiverse. Yeah, and he ends up finding Kingdom Come Superman at the same time as Tyler Hecklin, as you know, Earth thirty eight Superman and Lois and Iris goes with them. Um, and so this is like in the process of them hopping earths to find the right Superman in time, they find this one. They're like, this is the guy because in this world, I don't know if this is super comic accurate. I don't remember. Uh, Joker gassed the daily planet and killed Jimmy Olsen, Perry white and Lois Lane on this in Earth. kingdom come. Yeah. Yeah. He does it in kingdom come. That's what I thought. Um, so they're like, we found him. Uh, some fuckery with Lex Luthor happens. It all works out. They bring back Brandon Routh Superman. Um, meanwhile, Kara and... Do they address the fact that he looks like Ray Palmer? Yes. In fact, everyone can, everyone who wasn't there for that confuses him for Ray Palmer when he gets to the ship. That's good. Yeah. They're like, wait, what? Also, they reference, um, I think it's Superman 3. Because, so, with the Book of Destiny, Lex makes... Brendan Ralph go nuts and start fighting Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> and when it ends, like he comes to and they like, they make up like, cause obviously there was no bad blood. He was yeah. already going to help them. And he was like, yeah, sorry. I went, I went crazy once and fought myself too. I get it. That's the, yeah. Well, cause that's what everybody is like. Like the, he's Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And he's like, he's supposed to be the same Superman as Christopher. Wow. I also I forgot to mention the best scene. It'll be my favorite scene in Titan uh, in the Crisis for all of it. In the opening, we see a bunch of Earths getting destroyed. 
One of them is Earth 66, and that's where, um, what's his name? Burt Ward. Burt Ward is, and he has a, a Robin line. He's walking his dog because he has a dog food line now. Yeah. And uh, he gives a line that's very Robin from 1966-esque. And then the Earth is Holy apocalypse, Batman! Something like yeah. that. Um, and then... I like that it's In an Earth act of 66. reckoning... Titans is dead. Good riddance, you sons that's, of bitches. That's exactly what I said. I cried. I was so happy. <laughs> you had this coming. You bastards. I know you'll be back, but you bastards. Um, I just see you, like, standing over your TV, like, uh... Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3 doing like the uh, like after he seemingly kills the Sandman's good riddance <laughs> that's like, what it felt like <laughs> that's what it felt like um, so yeah in Earth Hopping also we get Tom Welling's uh, cameo he is so what's that what's everybody upset about his version of Clark gave up his powers to like just have a normal life with Lois Lane. I don't know why people would be mad about that. Uh so they the crew shows up to like ask him if he's the one. It sounds like the Superman version of why people didn't like Luke in the Last Jedi. Probably. Um the, the crew of Iris Lois Clark show up to be like, hey have you experienced great loss and are a Superman? And <laughs> then if we got a job for you, um, and then Lex shows up, warps them to another earth really quick. I don't know why he doesn't just kill them, but, um, you know, first of all, he doesn't look like the Lex Luthor of Smallville. Yeah. So that Clark is confused and he like stepped like in conversation. Cause it like, he wants Clark to try to hit him. Yeah. Right. Um, Lex steps on a, on a kid's toy and he's like, you've got to be fucking me. Not, he doesn't say that, but he's like, you know, are you serious? Yeah. You gave this up to have a kid or kid. He has two girls, I think. And he's like, yeah, that's what I did. That's so Lex Luthor though. Like he could never imagine sacrificing that kind of power for anything. Exactly. And then he decks Lex Luthor and he warps away. Um, and then Smallville's Lois Lane comes out and she's like, oh, what was that? And he, Clark is just like, oh, that was an alternate version of me and Lex Luthor telling me that the world is going to end. And she just goes, ha, you made a funny Smallville. It only took you 10 years. <laughs> so I like that. You made a funny Smallville. I'd tell you that's Spencer's name on Snapchat. Yeah. And everything you've said about all of the Supermen all being written in even different ways reaffirms that Spencer has big fucking Superman energy. Which he does. The biggest of Clark Kent energy. Yeah. Um, and now that boy looks right in the cape. To save on some time, I'm going to glance over for a second that they Lazarus pit all over Queen. Um, moving on. <laughs> But we're too in hour- the process, it's they already did introduce John Constantine. Daddy. He's back. As you were. Uh, we're almost 8 o'clock and I want to get some food before we do the Fallen Order review. Yes. So um, they- Batman. Kate and Kara go to, I forget what Earth, 
Earth 99, I think. Oh, that's good. And really good. they that's so good. They go to meet that Earth's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> they go to meet Bruce. Um, he's in an exoskeleton walking around. It wasn't that armor. That suit looked fugly. And so the bat suit, I mean, yeah, it's behind him in that one shot. Um, well, it's the it's supposedly the one from Batwoman. Yeah, yeah, that gets turned into the good looking. It's still suit. fugly. It's all black and hideous. I know. That's why I said the good Batwoman suit, because now it has color to it. I know. I'm just it's just so ugly. Continue. So they're talking to him, thinking he's the guy they got to bring in to help. He's the paragon of whatever I said. Courage. Courage. Um, they are wrong. This Superman has gone nuts. And like he, he got his, yeah. Did I say Superman? Yeah. Fuck me. Um, I was just, I didn't want to be a dick, but just like there's no, so you're, many alternate versions of different you're characters. Right. Um, well that, we're getting to that. Yeah. Um, so Batman killed his first, presumably it was Joker. It's always Joker who's the first, you know? Yeah. Um, realizes that this is a much more permanent way of dealing with people that cause him problems and now has a trophy case of who all else is in the trophy case we see a card from the joker we see the riddler's cane oh my god he fucking killed everybody yeah like he did not fuck around <laughs> but the one that like car is already like this is fucking gross and i don't like this yeah and then he sees clark kent's glasses and that's what's like, oh, we uh, shouldn't be with this guy anymore. We need to bail. Um, they get into a scuffle. It, and then it's like, he killed Superman? Who do you think gave him the exoskeleton? Like, put him in the exoskeleton, I should say. Oh. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, they get into a fight in the Batcave. They knock him into a... Fuck. They knock him into some open electrical wiring and he shocks to death. Oh, buddy. I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I can't get around it, can I? <laughs> um, But he dies and they're like, well, that was a bust. And they go back. And then, <laughs> we just fucking murdered a Bruce Wayne. I'm going to bounce now. Yeah. I saw, so I saw the clip of his confrontation with Kara and uh, Kate. Kate. And, like, I love the, like, she runs in, he's no hero, blah, 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 whatever the fuck she says. And he, like, pimp slaps Kate Kane to the ground or whomever runs in or whatever. And he, he A, quotes Batman v Superman with the whole, uh, you know. My parents taught my, me. My parents taught me a different lesson. The world only makes sense if you force it to. And then, like, I love watching him, like, reach into the exoskeleton and, like, turn on fucking kryptonite mode. <laughs> the line. Oh, that was that I, fucking. I forgot. Like, That's how Lex realizes that Clark gave up his powers is because yeah. he's, he pulls out a piece of kryptonite and Clark just kind of holds it and then tosses it like a like the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm recalling correctly, I had a I had a beer in me. So I had a, a beer in me. <laughs> Like, a, I love Batman's boy. fucking like you know. Yeah. All right. I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Like I love his line. It's like you know, souvenir from the old hometown. I'm like oh oh, cold ruthless Batman is cold and ruthless. Um. So they go back to the ship. 
And they're like, he wasn't the Paragon of Courage. And the monitor's like, no, I said he would lead you to them. And it's you, Kate Kane. Congratulations. You've won the Price is Right. <laughs> um, and then Lila's been having, like, bad migraine, like, vision. Th- I don't fucking yeah. know. She finds the anti-monitor. That's cool. Uh-oh. Stinky. Yeah. So that's where we're going tonight in six minutes. Cool. That was, that was really good. What I saw of it, I saw clips here and there. Yeah, I've like I said, it. the Batman one was just so. I like Batman, and I like, I like when people when you have Bruce be you know like the worst possible outcome, which is, he has a trophy for murdering Clark Kent. I don't know. There's a part of me that wishes it was the cape. I like the glasses. The glasses is fucked up. Because, like, the glasses implies he attacked him when he was, like, Clark Kent. And, like, Eh. tried to assassinate him. He almost has to. Yeah. I mean, granted, linking to something very different. I like the idea of it just being an all-out war between them. uh, And them just going head-to-head. We have takes for a debate episode later, I suppose. We do. We do. But... I it's still it's still so dark and fucked up. The fucking Clark's fucking glasses. Oh my god. You wanna wrap it up? Yeah. Travis, where can the lovely people find you? On Twitter and Instagram at Travis Political. I'm hungry. Jared, where can the people find you? They can find me at DarkJedi2552 on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to check out the other shows on the network, do back discussion, where we are ramping up the finale to our lead into the rise of Skywalker with our audio commentaries. Please go check them out. It's been a lot of fun to do. I'm very happy to have this series done, dusted and in the can. I can't wait to f- share the final chapter with you. Uh, be sure to check out Gorn more down the rabbit hole, wicked Wednesday, do back sports. And I think I said them all. Jerk the curtain. Jerk the curtain. Almost said it. Kirk the Jerton. Kirk the Jerton. I thought you were about to like do it to like Daddy Shark or like <laughs> Baby Shark. Like Kirk the Jerton. Kirk the Jerton. Anyway. Say the thing. <laughs> Say the thing. Uh, we've had, we are. <laughs> Almost said the do back one. We'll catch you at the same bat time on the same bat channel. <laughs> and we love you, 3000. I'm going to get some food. Yeah, we're going to get some sheets.
Doesn't even matter. 